You're listening to a Lost in the Groove segment. it like i don't i don't fucking care the bet the button has been pressed yo and i don't know what oh Carissa, my God. i don't know what carissa's doing right now like there's finagling and mishkabobbling and shit going on well, over there i don't have everything that i need you know as far as like equipment and i've kind of like moved things around because like last time we didn't do a um we didn't do an Instagram live, so I wasn't really ready for an Instagram live today. I like my camera, this camera, uh, the YouTube camera, like so much better. I I would like to just have one camera that connects to both forms of media. Um, but, you know, if we're going to do the live, I have to have a live camera and then a recording camera. It's a lot of stuff. It's kind of crazy. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Hi everybody. Welcome camera to. One. Yeah. Camera you, two. Yeah. Camera one. Yes. Camera two. Yeah. Well, everybody, uh, welcome to uh, American Groove. I'm your host, Dave Lennon. Um, and. This is your other host, Carissa. Yay, Carissa. Woo! All right, everybody. Well, this is a uh, all about stoner culture podcast. Today's topic is drugstore. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Just going to go into it. And uh, hopefully we'll have fun with this shit. So, yeah, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to fucking. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're professionals. Um, not on this. Uh, not on this segment. No. Yes. I, I had a strong desire to. Um, to roll a joint, um, which is Strong something desire. that, we, yeah, we usually do that at the beginning of, you know, I keep trying to decide where I'm going to look, you know, where I'm going to look, David, where at you. Uh, well, I don't have any joints, honey. Um, I have <laughs> fortune. I'm, I am one of those people in a predicament currently where I am broke. So broke Dave, yeah, broke Dave has to um, resort to certain means to smoke the cannabis. Um, What does that mean? I just smoke. I just smoke it out of a out of a bong, not a bong, a a pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not as I'm not as cool as I used to be, unfortunately. So, yeah, I don't have one of those. So you know that's why I roll these papers. That's the the whole point. I just I roll the papers because I don't have one of those. Um, but man, I think I'm exhausted. I think it's been a really long week. I hate that I'm so tired. Um, for the podcast, usually I I take better care of my. We both do. Uh, my energy health. <laughs> I usually do a lot better. Um. Dave is up looking around for something, not focusing on the podcast. No, I'm, I'm I'm trying to find a lighter because I'm I'm trying to get high over here, honey. Yeah, and well, trying to find a lighter is a legitimate excuse. Yeah, oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, would you 
Give me one second. I will I will be right back. Hold on one second. Hold on. Um, this is well, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll move my microphone down so uh, you can hear me. I'm coming. There's my lighter. Just me mumble me. away while Dave's gone. Okay. It's been a big week. Uh, um, a lot of things to I'm celebrate. Back. I'm trying to talk. What? Oh, my God, David. Sorry. I know. I'm, talk I'm not with you. Yeah, <laughs> say what you want to say. Go ahead. Talk well, about not, what you want to talk about. What I want to talk to you. Go ahead. You interrupted me. So you now you have the floor. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Okay. Whoa. Anyway, so <laughs> just, we were talking about how today's topic is a uh, drugstore and the uh, reason, well, the interest and uh, t- the reason why we, we kind of came up with this idea was kind of the conversation that we're having. We had um, before about opiates a little while back. And I was just like, we got to, we got to make this into an episode, you know, like we had a really great conversation that night, you know, and we've had a few other conversations about it too. And like, we've both had like our experiences um, I don't I don't have a lot of experience with opioids personally. Like I've seen things happen to people. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't even watched like the opioid like documentaries or anything like that. Like I honestly don't have a whole lot of understanding or experience with it, but I've I've seen people have trouble with it in their lives. Um but you know, I mean I'm not an expert or anything like that. What I was talking about was like, it's been a, a long week. Um, I received a a phone call from a, a high school ex-boyfriend. And the reason oh, yeah. that I answered this phone call is because like my sister, her ex-boyfriend from high school is in jail. So like, she doesn't get to talk to him. Um, and, you know, I mean, not that she really wants to, but I mean, like, sometimes it's just nice to have the opportunity to, like, get that type of closure or something. And I was also just curious, like, you know, but I, he sounded terrifying. Like, on the phone, he was just, like, terrifying. Yeah, uh, Brittany says, rest in peace, Stephen Crane. I, yeah, opioids killed some of my friends, um, some of my friends killed themselves with opioids. Um, I'll say both. Well, the reason, okay, so the reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was Scott that called yeah. me. And like, maybe I shouldn't be like, you know, I wasn't going to like blast his name, but thank you, Brittany. Uh, but yeah, I, he, I was worried about him. Um, it doesn't make sense for me to answer the phone at all, but. He sounded kind of like he was not going to be like a a terrible asshole, which was interesting to me, too. He was like, whoa, Carissa, like, I was so excited to hear from you. Like that whole thing. I was like, oh, okay, Like, yeah. Um, It sounds like he's going through a rough time. And I mean, I do. I do care, you know. See, this is the difference between the two of us, because like anybody that I've known in the past 13 less like in the past six years i don't have anything to do with them like those like and actually like we brought this up Brittany, which is important you like because i was asking this uh to carissa i was like okay i mean like what was weird about the conversation and you were like was like i don't know he seems like he's kind of like 
off his rocker and i was like <laughs> can you elaborate on that and then you were well, like yeah i mean he even said my brain doesn't work right you know and i was like you know i mean you can change that you know like it takes a lot of work and it takes like wanting wanting it to change and stuff like that like i don't i mean i think it's great that he's still alive um I don't know. It's just weird. We talked about this, okay? Like, um, I love how Brittany has been interacting, and I really appreciate you doing this. It's like been. Well, Brittany's a friend of mine from high school, and she knew a lot of the same like guys that I did. We had like a same social circle, and um, we knew each other a little bit after high school too. But she she dated one of my boyfriend's friends and and one of my friends, and Damn. he. He passed away um, a little bit after high school. I don't talk about that very much, but I I think I've told you about it before, but it was um, really painful and shouldn't have happened. Like, honestly, I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, But honestly, the the opioid pandemic, in my opinion, it has nothing to do with me. Um, You know, it's not it's not about me. Um, it's about all of us. Just to be very honest, like we live in a society where we allowed it to happen. You know, we had, I'm sorry to say this. Okay. We live in a country where they raved a war against drugs for fucking 40 years. It's been wasted money gone down the drain, every fucking corner. And in return, we got them creating the opioid epidemic and you know i'm kind of in the same boat as you like i i have a little experience you know i haven't been like affected by it personally to a large degree but it's still a huge issue like it's something that like still to like address you know when you're like having conversations with people because like when you have people that are in your past or people that you know, you know? Well, I I think it's interesting. People say like, well, I just didn't have anything better to do. It's like, oh, so you just like completely fucking trashed your life and, and fucked all your relationships with the people around you just because you didn't have anything better to do. Like I, that's it. I didn't have anything better to do. Isn't the truth, you know, like it's an excuse. I, it might be how they see it or something like that, but it's like, no, you have, you have a thing where you like to escape and you need to feel a different chemical makeup than what you're feeling. And, you know, I mean, I'm not a fucking doctor. I don't understand how it all works, but it's just like, it's not like there just wasn't anything better to do. I do understand that's like an easy way to like get into trouble or something like that. But like I said, I just started this biology class and we're just going over like basic chemistry, uh, structure of elements and, and different things like that, you know? And I mean, just that is to me really advanced. <laughs> like humans did a lot of studies just to figure those things out. And those are just like the the building blocks, the 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 foundation of of chemistry. 
And then what we have here is, you know, pharmaceutical drugs. It is such an advanced level of chemistry. No one should be fucking with that stuff. Like, I don't even know if we should be making it. Like, it's so advanced, like, and it alters us so intensely. Like, I understand that medicines need to be made for people who have severe pain, but like, <laughs> like, excuse me, like, should we really be dabbling with, with this kind of thing? Like, why, why is a pill what we figured out? We didn't figure out how to like change pain in some other way. Or we'll, we'll just do it with a pill. Okay. So like, you got to understand where most people think that, you know, you pop a pill in your mouth and it solves your problems. You know, you go to your doctor, your doctor tells you what to do. You take the pill and you're fine. Pills don't fix your problems. They don't. All a pill does is just alleviate a problem that you have. Okay. The thing that people have the fear of alternative healing. Okay. And I'm talking about psilocybin. I'm talking about LSD. I'm talking about MDMA. I'm talking about cannabis. Alternative healing is not telling you to give up the pills, but alternative healing is telling you is this, there is a more natural way of you healing your body. There is a way of allowing your brain to heal. It's allowing your, your, your mindset to change so you can heal yourself. The reason why we have such a problem with this idea is not because of, you know, like you said, the advancements of biology or chemistry or the way that human genomes and structures work and function and operate. No, it's about money. It's all it's about all about money. It's because big pharma can make a shitload off of you if you have high blood pressure and they need to prescribe you pills or high cholesterol well, it or just diabetes. Seems like some type of competition with like all the other drug markets. You know, it's like we've got to compete with all the cocaine that's coming into the country. So why don't we just keep the the pharmaceutical drugs going because it's like our version. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I know that in Florida, whenever they started releasing, um, well, they started giving the right for people to have dispensaries or to have medical marijuana, basically. Um, the the death rate for, for, for opioids dropped a little bit. So... Well, the biggest people, problem people are doing these opioids in, in these retirement areas. People are doing opioids and it kills them. Um, and, you know, so but but if they allow CBD or they allow marijuana dispensaries and the the older people with the pain are going to go there, you know, because it's you can get gummies, whatever you want stuff. But, um, you know, it cut down on how many people were dying from opioids. So, and this is just a study, you know, an actual study. Well, look at Portugal. Portugal decriminalized all drugs. And their crime rate has gone down. So has their death rates has gone down as well. Because guess what? People that are doing the, you know, the hardcore drugs, they're doing it in a safer environment cleaner there's actual clean needles that are being used 
And you may say it's bad and you may say it's disgusting, but look, I, I, and this may sound crazy, but like, why should heroin be illegal? I know it's bad. So is her- so is hydrocodone. So is oxycodone. And those things are legal and those are prescribed to patients. So you have to ask yourself is like, you can say what's good and bad, right? In the end of the day, as people, you get to choose, okay? You have the right to choose what you want to do. Why should you have somebody to tell you, oh, no, you can't do that because we said you can't do it, so now it's illegal. Who the fuck are you? I mean, there's still got to be some type of age limit on it. Okay, 100%. There needs to be certain rules and regulations, but you can't take away people's freedoms. You can't. I mean, it's illegal to shoot yourself in the head. It's still manslaughter. It's illegal to kill your own self because you're killing somebody. So why shouldn't it be illegal to harm yourself? And so that's what I think it is, is that maybe we should look at how much starts to really fucking harm you. And I'm sorry, but one injection of of heroin is what harms you. So in my opinion, like I can't, I can't argue it. I also haven't looked into it enough to really like sit here. And I, I've never talked to anybody, you know, who's argued both sides or whatever, but like, I don't think that heroin should be legalized. I, if it fixed things and I saw some research on it and stuff like that, it actually helps then like, okay. But like, it hurts people. It does hurt people, but it hurts people. (laughs) It hurts people even more when their only option is dirty needles in an unsafe environment. What hurts them even more is that they're too afraid to go to the hospital because they'll be thrown in prison. So they die in the streets. The, when you yeah. when you remove those fears, okay, and people are able to do it in a clean space. <laughs> I know there's been comments. We'll go over them in a second. That's a good one, isn't it? Um, and where they're able to get proper care if they overdose, okay? You're, the chances of saving the person's life, the chances of the person not being in danger of themselves has been limited. But again, it's not taking away from the fact that heroin is bad. It is bad for you. It can kill you. But remembering you cannot take that right away from a person, even though we both know it's bad. Person's going to make their choice. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry, but like rights are a a man-made idea anyways. And I still kind of feel like it's my right, you know, is basically this whole brainwashed thing that America created anyways. And it's like, it's great that, you know, we have these rights, but who said that we needed to write them all down to have them anyways? Like, I'm fucking sorry, but like some of this shit is quite obvious. Like, but, but since everybody puts so many rules on everyone, that's when we had to start creating rights. And like in a perfect world, we wouldn't even have to say what they are, you know, but it's, it's just like, I'm trying to say that rights are kind of a man-made idea. 
Well, they are a man, they are a man made idea, and I agree with you on that point. Um, somebody brought up uh, brought up a comment, which is which I think is important to cover because here's the thing. Also, like even if this shit was even made legal, okay, they're going to figure out them, meaning government, illegal organizations, corporations, big pharma, as well as among others are going to figure out ways of capitalizing as much as they can on the legal market. Example of this is California, okay? The government has done so well to make it so expensive and so difficult for people in the state of California to grow marijuana legally. So, I, you, I don't know. Like, you it's, have to, just, it's a really big investment. It is. To, to grow marijuana, I I mean, honestly, like one of the hardest things in California is to have the space that you need for it. Not everybody has room to grow things outdoors. A lot of people don't have room to grow things indoors. You know, a two bedroom apartment it can be quite difficult to to score at a decent price. And like, what else do we have? Somebody just saying, hey, hey, you guys. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, I mean I I really do think that the the only thing thing that you can do is just not get involved um with opioids. Like it's it's basically the best solution is just don't get involved from the beginning. Um because it it starts to kind of make your decisions for you and it takes over your life. And um, it's really hard to get away from it because it, it starts it starts to become like your social circle. Like we talked about, um, we talked about the uh, food being like a social thing, a bonding thing, a thing that goes on between people and they share it and whatever else. Well, <laughs> same thing with needles and heroin, you know, and it, it becomes your social circle, your life, your people what you guys do it feels good to people you know so like it um it's it really makes hard you to get away from it also makes you stupid um you know my experiences that i've had like with uh like hydrocodone which is like two or three times i don't like the effect you know that i hate to say this like i'm one of those people where i smoke cannabis pretty much on a day-to-day -day basis I am a paranoid motherfucker. But the thing is, is like, I rather take that paranoia than the the shitty way that hydrocodone just made me feel like my head was so heavy. I just wanted to collapse. I've never had that with cannabis, though. Well, yeah, there's a lot of negative side effects with painkillers. Here you go. Um, a lot of things that correlate with other things that you need to take uh, prescriptions that don't go well together same things like that um, as far as i know marijuana doesn't really like interfere with very many prescriptions as far as i know so there I don't, are there are a few i don't know their names but there are yeah i mean you're not supposed to use it during pregnancy you know correct yes but why would that be you know what i mean like because I, Cannabis smoking in general, because I know that like if you're smoking, there's not as much oxygen going in 
to you. So then there's not as much oxygen going into the baby. But like, I don't completely know why. What were you going to say? Sorry. It's because cannabis is a psychoactive. Sounds nice. <laughs> uh, no. So the, the thing is, <laughs> cannabis actually um, has hallucinogens in it. Okay. And one of the ways... Um, one of the ways that cannabis um, interacts with your brain um, is through rewiring. So it kind of rewires the way that your brain. So, for example, what happens is. This doesn't sound good. It's actually not that bad. Uh, what happens is <laughs> what happens for most people is you slow down. Cannabis will slow. Slow you down as slow a. Slow your roll. <laughs> slow your roll. Um, for others, for example, it can make you more creative. The way that it, and again, because the thing about cannabis, and then when you talk about like mushrooms or LSD or MDMA, all of these, they affect your brain, the way that your brain is functioning and operating, and they in heighten and tune certain things, make things that you weren't as sensitive to. Now you're even more sensitive to. For example, like I mentioned before, one thing that cannabis is notoriously famous for, it makes you very paranoid. I am always very paranoid. I've just gotten used to it. Yeah, that's what my ex said. I was like, well, why do you need to do like terrible drugs like that? Because like he was saying that he wasn't doing heroin, but then like him and his friends were like talking about it, you know? Ooh, so like, I, okay, all right. I know that they had or something like that, but he never said like, yes, I have or anything. But I'm thinking like, that's what it sounds like. But I don't really know. And like, honestly, if he has done heroin and he's like still kicking it and he's okay, then like, that's impressive. Um, well, actually, not impressive. Those are terrible words. Well, to heroin use, today I'm, is heroin tw- today. Majority, well, you know this. Majority of heroin well, today is it has fentanyl. Yeah, majority well, of it. Dude, I was watching this. Um, I watched this video that was like recorded just not too long ago of this couple, um, two men, mm-hmm. and uh, did you see it? It was crazy. They they're these two homeless men that live you know, downtown. And I guess they spent some time in New York and stuff, but they're both like, you know, drug addicts, they're addicted. Um, but they were exceptional people <laughs> to listen to and hear their story, but send it over talking, to me. I, it was amazing. We'll maybe connect it to this or something and people can yeah. watch it. But I mean, it's also heartbreaking. Like I cried watching it, but, um, they love each other and they take care of each other and kind of watch out for each other and they do drugs together too you know and they were talking about like how they'd like to eventually be sober or at least the one did and it was really interesting to like watch their dynamic with one another kind of see how like they would like complete a sentence like together you know like they're definitely like i feel like something that happens with people who have been through a lot of trauma it's comforting to bond up with somebody who's gonna like like-minded st- stand up for you like I, I feel like when i was a kid and i was going through like a uh, a hard time like maybe right. a semi-abusive time i would get very overly protective of my sisters and we mm-hmm. would both get like really like defensive you know like don't fuck with her kind of attitude and it's something that happens when you get fucked with like a lot and so you can see that like they they have to stand up for each other and that they've been through a lot you know and, and it was a really interesting interview but 
they talked about how up in New York, there's a lot of fentanyl. There is. And they said that because they asked him, well, what's the biggest difference between, you know, New York being homeless in New York and being homeless in L.A.? And he said, oh, I wish that I could spend more time in New York, but, you know, we had to come down here. I don't know. I would guess because of the weather, but I'm not sure why. I hate to say this, but people that are homeless in New York have it a lot better than homeless people that are in L.A. And primarily the reason is, is that in New York, they cannot be out on the streets. So a lot of them have to figure out ways of staying indoors and they get very creative with doing it. Like and squatting. Squatting. Um, there are ways of getting into the subway underground, like literally under the tracks. There are lights that are on there. They bring down tents and they live under the tracks. Like live inside of there. Yeah. I would I would live wherever I needed to. But the you know the thing that people don't realize is a lot of these people that are homeless, a lot of them live like lives like ours, and they fell to the addictions of opiates during the nineties and the, the two thousands when the when the pandemic really hit badly. And they got themselves into a really bad situation. And a lot of them, unfortunately, they're stuck. Okay. People don't understand. Well, once you get behind, you know, sure. you're behind. It's hard to get back. Like getting behind. I mean, it is hard as fuck just to stay on track. So when you get behind, you're fucking behind. And then you're behind over and over and over and over again. You never get out of it. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it's not possible, you know, like turn things around, but that's quite easy in a, a big city. Give, give me a sec. Hold on. Twixies. David, David Twi wants a second. Yeah. Twixies having a little bit of a manic episode. So just give me one sec. Bixie's having a manic episode. Yeah. What a serious, you know, David always somehow gets me to talk about the serious topics. Like, I didn't really want to spend an hour talking about, oh, oh my God, I screwed up the microphone. Um, professional over here. I didn't really want to spend an hour talking about opioids. I feel like I was kind of like tricked into it almost. I don't know what's going on here. Someday... I'll have someone in charge of my microphone for me and it'll be like perfect. I'll be like, thank you, sir. I appreciate you very, very much. And I will already know his name. I won't have to ask. What is a podcast without David? You know? Sorry about that. <laughs> she, um, <laughs> She's having a little bit of an anxiety attack, so I had to Our guest here that was watching um, did a shout out to Cheech and Chong um, and what great guys Cheech and Chong were. What? Yeah, you see that in the comments down there? Mm hmm Yeah, it's like a shout out to Cheech and Chong, right? And you say, Cheech I don't and know, because I thought El Chapo was like, was like one of the members of the cartel. Oh, I didn't read it correctly then. I read oh Cheech and Chong. I was it's like so far away. It's like 
way up there. It's yeah, like it's further it's than really, my arm length. Yeah. Were you uh Twixy? What's up with your cat? I don't know. She's she's having a little bit of a a little bit of a situation. What were you what were you talking about while I was when I, while I was gone? I said that a podcast without David just isn't that great. I mean, you know, like I don't want to ever, I don't ever want to do my own podcast. I've seen you, you do, you like do like a whole recording with just by yourself. I don't ever want to do that. <laughs> I've done that before. I've done, I've done solo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard. The thing like that you learn is, <laughs> is that you create the audience in your head. You know, you kind of just like, just allow them to exist, you know, and just keep on talking. I know, like, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just talking to a screen. It's weird, but, you know, get through it. It's all right. Wow, we went completely off topic. But, hey, that's what American Groove is all about. I also, I spoke about how I kind of feel like you tricked me into talking about a serious subject. And that, like, with American Groove, I always want to have fun. But somehow you got me to talk about opioids. Listen, I'm a I'm a I'm a sneaky bastard, honey. I I I I, I get you know darkest darkest topic. Ah, uh, very dark topic. It it's is so sad. It, it is a very sad topic, but you know it, it's I don't know. I feel like it's it's a realization and it's just an understanding of people being more accepting to alternative healing. You know, it's not bullshit. It's not crap. It's backed by actual research, real doctors, real physicists, real scientists that have actually like done studies and, and done the work. Um, and the research that's coming out now with microdosing, like with shrooms and people um, using cannabis for different types of healing, uh, people going down to Panama and, and doing ayahuasca journeys to reconstruct their life i'm not a big supporter of that one but you know go on i am though i believe that alternative healing is very beneficial because it teaches you instead of popping a pill and thinking your problems are all solved you figure out what you need what you want and how you're going to do it so yeah sometimes drugs definitely show you an inner desire kind of more clearly like it 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 can make you realize that you need to stop bullshitting and that like if you really want to make yourself happy you got to be like a little bit more true to you um and i mean like maybe some people don't need that (laughs) but like i've been like a a people pleaser you know and so like doing drugs kind of like mostly just like some mushrooms or like an acid trip here and there got me in touch with um kind of my own inner needs and and gave me a a self-reflection that i didn't have before kind of a out-of-body look at yourself and sometimes I would see that, you know, I'm quite pleased and that I should stop being so hard on myself and that everything is, you know, not so bad. Um, there, There's a lot of good things that happen 
when you have trips, um, there's a lot of release there. So I think that it's good <laughs> when not done too much. Um, yeah, I, I think people need to have, you know, like a variety of hobbies and things that they're involved with because like there were kids in high school and and stuff where it was like they just fucking roll every single weekend you know and it's like you kind of gotta like break things up a little bit right like (laughs) you asked for you asked for a happier topic so (laughs) more fun So I went with this one, but you make a great point. You do. You make a really great point because when you're, it's all about how you use something, right? Okay. You can always, you can abuse anything. Okay. And there, there, there's a really like, for example, there's a proper approach to, um, doing, for example, shrooms or doing LSD. There's an approach to doing cannabis. Um, it's not like a book of rules. It's just a guide to help you find what best suits you, you know, like best figures out like how you want to heal, how you need to heal. Sorry. That's a better way of, um, of putting it. And the, the trips are the most important because it's the, the part that gives you the tools that you're going to use to fix the issue. It's going to help you get those tools. So I feel like, yeah, I do agree with you. Like the trip is a very crucial part of all of it and drug or no drug. It's the way it's the way that you want the experience to be really. that's really what it comes down to. I think those types of things can be like achieved without drugs. I don't know. I don't know that if drugs are like a, quick and easy way to like get somewhere <laughs> or not They're not quick and easy i don't think so i think it's like now that i've done it <laughs> you know like what well, i guess i'll just tell you what i think about it you know as opposed to like um trying to know everything about it i just try and talk about it from my own personal experience i don't know how things are for other people you know you I only know say... until you only you only know until you talk to them I can't say do what I did, you know, like, cause no. everybody's different. No, of course not. But that's again, that's why I said there, you know, there's a guide. You know, for example, the way that um, I've guided myself through my cannabis journey has been unique. I figured out, uh, you know, the different strains, um, different percentages of THC. And for example, when I'm using CBD products of what I need all through trial and error, you know, I've had, I'm not going to lie, like I've had bad trips, but very bad trips, <laughs> many. And um, I've had some great experiences, but that, that that's what comes with it. And is it fast and easy? No, it's slow. But again, like, I think that's an important part about alternative healing is being realistic is there's no quick, easy fix. Okay. You know what they say? It's too good to be true. You know, like the thing is healing and building and making and creating is a slow process. Especially when it comes to personal um, 
physical or mental healing. I've just seen drugs fuck a lot of people up. Depends what you're taking. Yeah, some people just shouldn't be taking anything, man. Of course. (laughs) No, I agree with you, and you make a very valuable point, because the thing is, I've said this before, there has been research that's shown that cannabis for people um, that have slight schizophrenia or early stages, it can make it even worse. You know, for some people, it can make them slip from reality and be completely gone. Um, There are negative consequences, just like pharmaceutical pills, like we mentioned. There are, are those side effects. But again, like we said, you as a person have to make a choice what best, you know, suits you, like, you know, what you want to do. Okay. Whether it be wrong or right, you're given in front of you the pros and the cons. You're being told the benefits and the side effects. Now you're making the choice of what you want to choose. It's, I mean, there are a lot of people that just are not interested. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't even have to tell them no. You can, tune, you can tune off now. This is your cue to leave. No, I mean, like people. people people who just don't, people who are never going to do drugs and they and they never consider it or anything. It's just like not anything that they are interested in. You know, you don't have to tell them no. You don't have to make it illegal. Like, they're just not going to do it. You know, like, <laughs> that's funny to me. <laughs> the issue with the war on the drugs is just the waste of... <laughs> the waste of funding. <laughs> the waste of funding. I mean, <laughs> the potholes on the freeway are out of control, and the taxes here are out of control. Like, can you no, imagine? I'm can you so imagine? Done. Can you imagine if people can go to school and actually learn to be LSD chemists? You know, or um, synthesize other types, okay? Or for example, they work on they work on shrooms or different types of psilocybin. Um, and you're able to adapt that into society. The long scope of it is is like this: a, you give a diverse way of people getting their health taken care of. Like you mentioned, there are people that are not going to be interested, right? So they're not going to buy that stuff anyway. We know this, okay? But there are going to be people that are. So if you have a society where you have people that can actually develop safe, healthy, beneficial products, again, with the side effects, because we know all things comes with side effects, you then create this really great environment where people have more choice, they have more in front of them that they can choose for. And I not, swear it's all just going to be taken over by some fucking pharmaceutical thing anyways. Of course. They just buy everything. Like we always <laughs> used to say that like wouldn't Marlboro just come in and buy, you know, whoever made all the pre- newest pre-rolls. I mean, I used to make so many predictions about what it would be like once marijuana was like taxed and like, you know, whatever else. And like so far there are a lot of individual brands, you know, like, and there's still a lot of like individual creativity, like being, you know, like made in the, the THC pot industry. Yeah, but kind I of worry be- about when it, when it becomes just like this, like generic, like, 
here are your camels, like bullshit, you know, like, I just, I feel like it loses its its individuality when it becomes uh, ran by some like big ass pharmaceutical place. So I also am saying that like my predictions are not always right. I think their, their weakness is not realizing the strength because of this control on the cannabis industry. And because of all these rules and regulations, because of substance one federally, you've then created this world where this boom of creativity, where so many farmers and owners, cannabis owners of dispensaries are able to individualize themselves, make these great brands, make these really great products. Like, for example, you gave me that that pen. That company is amazing. Like, it's really cool. It's a great design. It's real practical. It's a great product. Uh, you have all of these businesses doing all of these things. By the time it's all federal and it's all open and it's all legal, what's going to happen is, is like this. The, you know, the indie, the private, the creative world behind the cannabis industry will be so strong. <sighs> What are they going to do? They run the industry. They can't take it away from them. They can keep on taxing them, but. I I was just feeling like they would just like buy them out. I don't know how or, they would do that. Just like bigger, bigger, bigger companies would would buy all the tiny companies. Kind of like how like heiser Bush will buy like all the smaller breweries and stuff like that. Like you're like, oh, I got this really great, you know, goose ale or whatever. And then you find out it's really goose just Island. made by Budweiser. Everything's just made by Natty Ice. <laughs> I have no idea. It's just like I I that's what I'm kind of talking about. But I I also am kind of concerned about like you know, if if microdosing became the new way to manage depression and pain and mm-hmm. things like that and whatever else, this would mean that we could make our own drugs for ourselves, you know, because like you honestly could make marijuana for yourself or make mushrooms for yourself. But it's like, I don't really believe that they want us to be able to suffice ourselves, you know, like, I think they want us to depend on them. And yes, I am saying, you know, them and us. Um, There is a them and us because they're the ones that started the war on drugs. We didn't. And they started the war on drugs because of money. And right now, I think the most incredible thing that we have is this small boom or the small advancement, like we were talking about microdosing, because you're right, microdosing allows people to have more options to really like take control of their own health and growing your own mushrooms, you know, growing your own cannabis. Um, They have every right to be afraid of giving us more control. Than we already have, because the more control we have, they they don't stay in power. They die away, and they don't get replaced. So, like they they got to do whatever they can to keep themselves going <clears throat> as long as possible. 
And we know that. We know that. I just wonder why, and I'm sure someone knows the answer, but, like, I just wonder why it was ever even allowed. Please comment below if you, you have an answer. You know, like, why was it even ever allowed for them to be allowed to make, you know, pharmaceutical heroin, more or less? Like, why? But, I mean... That's coming from a person that believes that, you know, COVID-19 was made. So what do you mean? Back up for a second. What do you mean by pharmaceutical grade? Referring to like medical grade heroin? Well, I mean, like Oxycontin, opioids, pharmaceutical opioids. Stuff oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, made I think, by a company. I think, no, Vicodin is cocaine. Do you remember which know. one? Well, yeah, Vicodin has cocaine in it. If I'm not mistaken. You could you can fact check this, but I'm pretty sure Vicodin is the one that has cocaine in it. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that. No, like believe it or not, there are um, there are painkillers and medications that are in the pharmaceutical industry that consist of um, heroin, um, Vicodin. There are other um, other drugs that are in there that well, are in these medications. We we I, we just know nothing. But I what I thought I was mean that I actually oxy. like. Okay, let's just clarify something. You may know nothing, but I actually have done a little bit of research on these topics. So, like, I'm not, I'm not a maven on everything, but I do have a clear, um, a clear picture of how how certain things work. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, oxycotton. Oxycotton's a opioid. I was pretty sure. Um, yes. And it it's is. like basically what people use in place of heroin in a pharmaceutical way. Correct. Yeah. So that's what I was referring to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting, though, how, like, they go from, they're just switching from a liquid form drug to just a pill drug that primarily is giving them very similar effects. I mean, similar I think effects. That they, I think that they're still turning it into, like, you know, they're still injecting it. They go through, like, a, a oh, I process. I do. Int- yeah interesting you know do the whole shebang i'm not gonna explain it no reason to no we're not going to explain that i never (laughs) i haven't heard that before but oh yeah yeah i believe yeah yeah. that's crazy yeah i know they're telling like it was uh my ex and like his his like friend or whatever that he's staying with and he, they were telling these just like stories that are just like terrifying, you know. By the way, I've never told you this though. I don't mind getting um injections. Ugh. Never well, have. It I don't doesn't know. bother My ex me. Said he hates needles. I've met some people who hate needles. I, I don't hate needles. It's not that I hate needles. I avoid them if possible. But if I have to get my blood drawn, I have to get my blood drawn. You know, I like if I had. Like, I, yeah, I mean, like, you, I have, like, you know, because I have tattoos. Like, I I just, I don't know. Like, the doctor's like, okay, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, just go already. She's like, okay. I'm like, bitch, just put the fucking thing in already. Like, you don't have to, like, warn me. Somebody just gave us, like, a million, like, uh, fire symbols. Ooh. I don't know who it was, but it was like popping off. There's like all a these million like, fire symbols. Wow. All these little flames shooting on the Instagram page. It was kind of exciting. <laughs> well, I was not looking. Well, thank you for all fire. the fire. Yeah, in the fire. Um, 
Where were we? I don't remember. Wait, wait, where, where, where were we? It's okay. I mean, somehow I got the conversation away from opioids and then I brought the conversation back to opioids again. And then I bashed on the U.S. government for a little bit. And then and then it got a little dark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little that's dark? where we are. Yeah. It's pretty dark, actually. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I text you this morning or you did. You text me and I was like, you know, how are you doing today? You're like, I'm all right. And there was this just kind of like, oh, we're okay. So, like, today is not like the... But yeah, honestly, no, like, no. I'm supposed to have a girls' night out tonight. I, I mean, there was an event today that I was going to, but the thing is, the event was at five, and it ends at eight, and it was in Fort Lauderdale, and I was like thirty minutes away. So, you missed it, bro. Yeah, I was going to go, but like I was like, but if I went at five, I wouldn't have been able to make this. So, Aww. yeah, that's all right. There's always other events. They're having roller skating in a few weeks, which I'm, I'm looking forward to, which is very exciting. I yeah. like roller skating. I like to roller skate too. It's just like it's it's a it's kind of a rush trying to keep on top of it. <laughs> on top? You mean not fall over and break every bone in your body? It was pretty terrifying. What's um what's a roller skate night consist of for you? Definitely not to fall over. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to fall over in front of people. No, it's embarrassing. Um, well, I have my own custom <laughs> roller skates because I'm a, I'm a size 13. Oh, my God. What do they look like? They're sneakers that have been converted. So the bottom um, the bottom has been pulled out and they put in um, the metal piece, like the bracket. And then they okay. they resealed the sole, you know, like the, the front piece of the shoe. And they attach the wheels. So, like, they literally, like, mold a sneaker over roller skates. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. You got those on the internet? I bought them. They were from California. I had them shipped to New York when I was living out there. And um, they're so cool. And, like, they're a pair of sneakers. So, like, it's kind of hip. How, How did you learn to roller skate? Uh, Mac. Oh, your brother? Yeah, Mac taught me how to um, roller skate and rollerblade. Wow. Who taught him? I don't know. <laughs> actually, uh, so shout out to my awesome brother. Um, Mac, besides that, actually introduced me to the internet. At a very <laughs> young age. He did. Like, that's how I, that's how I knew... It's a big deal. Like he was my bigger brother. And um see, I don't know if you ever knew that, but yeah, that's how I was introduced to the internet through Mac. He had a computer in our house. And uh he had uh he had um AOL downloaded, you know, so he'd be able to go on the internet. And I just I told you this, like I remember this, oh, I remember this as a kid just sitting there and looking at the screen and like seeing the little guy just like what the little like running man yeah the little running man till it loaded yeah i can't i can't remember i feel like i remember the first time i ever saw a laptop like that was like a really big deal like i was Mm -hmm. like what what the fuck you know 
And but I and I think that the laptop had the internet. And I think that he showed me how how emails work, you know, these electronic messages that were sent back and forth. And I believe that he had like an instant messenger or like an MSN messenger or, you know, something like that. And he showed that to me too. I would say I was probably in second grade. Um, that sounds about right to me. You know, what's Maybe. funny. Um, <clears throat> Cause we just got a comment that said a shout out uh, to the days when the internet it's true. I remember um, as a kid, we used to get in the mail, um, the CD ROMs, you know, the oh, discs you used to put in the yes. computer. Yeah, yeah, they used to come in the mail. And I remember to, yeah. They were squares. You remember they were like a, a square and it was like stuffed in there. I remember it was like plastic and you pull out the CD ROM and you put it in your computer. Oh my God, good times. That's true. I forgot. Well, we didn't have the, the CD. You know, so I don't really know how we you got had it to, to work. You had to order them. And usually I remember you had to call them. You know, I get, get I remember something like for a long time, the way you used to order things were you'd call. So you'd call up the company. It was a 1-800 number because 1-800 yeah. was toll free. Remember? Toll free was well, 1-800. You can't, you can't order online, you know, obviously. And then you um, can't order on your phone. And It was hard because like, I remember like in the mid 2000s, like, You'd press the add to. I always remember this. You press the add to car button, and then it would freeze. Bye. Thank you so much for joining. Brittany's been hanging out. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Have a good day. Uh, (laughs) I remember that. Like, uh, what was I talking about? You gotta help me over here. Ordering stuff. Ordering stuff on the phone. Oh yeah, yeah. So like when you would, like for example, okay. So in like 2006, my mom tried ordering a flight to Florida. And I remember this like it was yesterday. I remember we were on the computer. We went to Continental. They no longer exist anymore. Now they're part of the United. But the page just wouldn't load. So we couldn't book the flight. So we had to call up the 1-800 number and book the flight over the phone. And that's how like... Like I was just saying, like this is kind of the shit that you used to have to do. Like you, you call the you call up the airline to book your flight. You know, you'd, um, you know, you wanted like to buy something. You'd call up the company. You'd give them the like the number in the catalog. Remember that? You know, you you like fold the page. There, there was like this catalog, and it had like all these like it had all these pictures and then it had a number or a letter next to every picture and everybody had a freaking catalog. Everybody. Everybody Everybody. had catalogs that would, you know, they'd send to your house and in the middle or the back of the catalog, there'd be all these weird pages um, that just had little boxes to check. And then you'd fill in your address in the little boxes too. It all looked like a bunch of crosswords and it was really confusing. Like only older ladies knew how to fill that shit out. Like, <laughs> and they like made it that way. Like they didn't want kids to know how to fill it out because they didn't want kids like fucking with it or whatever. But it, yeah, ordering stuff in catalogs. Uh, we had the Victoria's Secret catalog growing up, and that was like the best catalog to get. It was really, really beautiful. Um, it was a, it was a it, naughty catalog. It was always shocking, you know, that like Victoria's <laughs> Secret had like clothes like in the catalog. Like they had like jeans and sweaters and oh my God. you know, dresses and stuff like that. And like, you know, in the stores there was nothing like that. Um but also like the other thing is that like we didn't have 
all those stores around us either. Like no, we didn't, you know, just, everything's just grown tenfold. Yeah. Now. Because like, you know, when we were growing up, we had the mall, like for example, we had a mall that was 20, you know, it was a 25 minute drive. It's called Palisades mall. It's like, I think the fourth largest mall in the United States. Um, wow. It's a massive mall and a lot of people go to that mall. Anybody that's in New York, you want to have a good time. You get to the Palisades mall if you're on the city. Um, and that's just like how our lives, <clears throat> that's just how our lives were. Like this, this is how we got our information. You know, it's just like wherever we connected with. And I think this is so crucial with the, the topic that we're talking about today is like the opiate issue this whole problem like kind of stemmed around that period because people didn't know or people knew and they, they could get away with it more easily. Um, we in a way are kind of blessed of how far that we've gotten We're you know, now we're able to connect more easier. We're able to spread the message more closely. Um, we're able to get more in detail than we were before. And, um, I'm happy that I'm a part of that, to be honest, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, you think like spreading word about like how important it is to be careful and spreading your opinion and your experiences. Of course. Um, yes. Over the internet. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I think that the podcast itself is supposed to be a place to like get away from from your own you know, situation, kind of like burn some time while you're driving or like something like that, you know? So yes. it's like the the podcast isn't exactly a place where I'm going to fix the whole world, but the podcast could be a place where, you know, like it's a comforting place for somebody. So like maybe listen to the podcast instead of doing opioids, Ooh. you know? Damn. Maybe we'll take you on a trippy dippy trip. Over marmalade, marmalade C. Like have some other hobbies, like listening to, you know, podcasts. and. You know, one thing I can tell you, like from my own experience, like when it comes to, when it comes to trauma um, and there has been addiction, I, I've, I've dealt with that with, with people and, and friends. Life is hard. You know, we're like, let's not... We're not going to lie. We're going to be honest. Life is really hard. And I I can understand why somebody can get addicted to oxycodone and be popping those pills because it's hard, hard. it's hard to stay in reality because when you're able to be in, especially heroin is a great example of this too. It takes you away from this world into something that you could be happy in. You don't realize the price that you're paying to do that. Um, I don't yeah, think it's... I think a lot of times people just want to escape. They don't think about... Right. You know, they, they're not caring about it, losing everything. No. Just, you already feel like you lost everything sometimes. They want to get out. You know? They want to get out. They want to get well, out of their cage. I think it's like, yeah, the cage. It's, it's hard when you haven't figured out some way to be in control of of your own life like i mean before i i didn't have the ability to have a home of my own i had to live with people who treated me poorly and ever since i've gotten 
a, a space that's safe that's my own like you know my mental health is like way fucking better like i'm like a better human so i can just imagine you know like if you're stuck in a living space that you can't deal with you know different things like that like hopefully people are trying to understand you know what other people have been through why we're trying you know yeah we're trying i mean fucking give it a shot it you know it all it takes is 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 being able to being able to listen you know, if if we want to be able to take care of the people around us, we have to be able to be there for those people. And the way that we have to be there for those people is we have to be able to listen to them. You know, the reason why people have these addictions, the reason why these people have these mental illnesses is because of the society that we've made. We have to admit this. We have made a society that makes people mentally ill. And... There's yeah, yeah. But, but there's but there's the benefit. But look, there's a benefit of how much we have now. We're we're able to live safer, healthier, longer, and better lives. Like I said before, there, there's always side effects to the benefits. Some people are just fucking nuts, and they're gonna get themselves attached to things and use right. them in terrible ways. Yes. Like I, I'm trying to like I'm like I don't know if it's like society, you know, and like different all the time. Sometimes some people are just fucking terrible, and they're gonna get their hands on some things, you know, and use them in terrible ways, like you know, drugging women and, and different things like that. You know, it's like some people are gonna use things the wrong way, and it's just because they're bad people, and it might not be anything to do with society at all like they just are attracted to craziness there are some motherfuckers that are just attracted to chaos they just want to stir things up they just want to make shit wild they just want to get involved they like danger they they're just believe it or not there's just people who are just they're just fucking crazy they don't care about anyone else like you know and there's just people like that and they fucking ruin everything for everyone and they take advantage of everything and throws everything off course all it takes is one yeah. per, all it takes is one person to fuck everything up for everybody else. And that's usually what happens. You know, it it's oh, there's it's, so many. There's so many people they fuck everything up for everyone else. You know, that's why we can't have that's why I can't, you know, like that's why we can't get rid of, you know, guns. That's why we can't like stop funding you know, our, our military, you know, it's because like, everybody's already fucking evil. Like, I don't know. It's a bummer. It's like, if you took be, away all the drugs, somebody's just going to make more drugs again. That'd be fucking stupid to stop funding the military. We would be fucking dead ducks in the water. You know, like, I don't know. People think they know everything. I don't. I don't know everything. We need to appreciate. Like the truth is, is like all the shit. Like we have to appreciate that we have a military, and we have to appreciate that we have that type of security. Because I will tell you this right now, and I'm sorry to say this: most Americans will freak the fuck out if there was ever like a war in our land. Like we don't realize we are like in this perfect little baby yeah, bubble bubble of like 
no one can really attack us because we're kind of too far away from everybody. But we've kind of made peace with Canada and Mexico where they kind of have to rely on us to survive. So they can't really attack us. I don't so, even like saying it. Like, I don't like like putting it out there, like saying it. Like, it's like, you know, don't jinx it, man. Like It's true, though. That's kind of how America has survived. It's strange. I told you about like before. Here, we're going to go here. Before yes, 9-11. we are. No, do you hear what I said? I said before yeah, 9-11. Before 9-11, yes. I heard yeah, you. We're going there. <laughs> we're going there. We were, uh, I was at school and mm-hmm. there was a uh, bombs over Baghdad time. And okay. they, I kept seeing stuff on the news of like cameras at nighttime. I was a little kid. I was like in elementary school. I would see on the news, I would see cameras at nighttime and um, big flashes. Mm-hmm. And I heard things about, you know, kids dying in schools, casualties, uh, civilian casualties, things like this, you know. And I was like, well, what does all this mean? And and I also started to think, like, they're going to bomb my school, you know. Like, I was like, we're bombing their school. They're going to bomb Ugh. our school. Like, you know, I was yeah. like, what the fuck, you know. And my dad was like, no, 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 Carissa. Like, it, it, they can't get over here. And I was like, what? like, you know, and he like, this is, we didn't have the internet, you know, I'm a little kid. And so he rolls out a map and rolls it out. Yeah, I remember, he, I remember those. Yeah. Have I told you this story? He rolls it out. And then like, he goes, we're over here, you know, and they're over here. And the plane, the gas tanks aren't big enough, you know? And I was like, well, they oh are my- big enough. Well, they but, are you know, enough. I mean, like at that time, that was how he explained it. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, you know, like, I just I, I can't I can't understand. Like, it's just it's nuts. And then all of a sudden, you know, like they attacked us on our ground. And it was like, there's always some way around it. I said that, you know, my friend was like, fuck America, you know, like, let's have our revolution already. And I was like, oh. You know, I can't get behind that, but I I kind of feel like if anybody is going to fuck America, it's going to be America. But mm-hmm. I mean, I anybody can fuck America, but like I'm saying, like, I think America will fuck itself is like when I get really sassy, like that's where I'm like, well, it would probably just fuck itself from the inside or something. Like, I don't really know. You You realize that, like, if we did this podcast in most countries in this world we would be arrested right now yeah we we got a lot of freedom that's that's my rights my man-made idea my rights i get to american dream freely it's interesting i mean i still find myself grateful we've said a lot of positive and and grateful things at the same time but we have Mm mm-hmm I have nothing. I am just, I I am an ant. I I am a freaking ant. I am a piece of cattle in the uh, American system. Like I am, I am minute. I am nothing. My little opinion going. We are mundane. We are (laughs) mundane, which is the word of the day. Random. So random. So random. But yes, mundane is, we talked about this mundane. But we said that our lives are somewhat mundane, yes. um, repetitive, and just uh, what, what were the other words? Um, monotonous. 
monotonous, mundane and monotonous. Monotonous was just whim, the same thing uh, over whim, and over whim, again. Wh- there's like whim, whim wham oh. or a uh, whim wum or oh god, there was another one. It was weird. It was a weird word. Uh, my friend is here. She's she won't came. She's picking up her clothes. Like she's physically here. Yeah, she wants to. Oh, like here. Let me see what she said. I knew this would happen. Like she's actually like physically here. I mean, we can end the podcast right now. Do you want to end the podcast? Well, no. She texted me just a minute ago. I mean, these things happen. The phones, phones are pretty. You know, it's hard because like everything happens just through this one phone. Damn. Like all the conversations, anything you try to do, and your actual podcast. Someone's trying to say hi to you, Carissa. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm having a good weekend with my friend. We are towards the end of this wonderful journey. Are we? Yeah. We are? It's been an hour now, hasn't it? Yes, it's been over an hour. We've been doing this for an hour and 16 minutes. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it was a good podcast. Um, it, it's a lot of, to me, just like documenting um, the perspective of, of what our country's gone through. Um, our, our perspective of what our country's gone through recently. We know Louis adorable. Everyone knows that Louis adorable. It's fact. Thank you, my doggy dog. He's he's taking a big nap because he played with like a bunch of other pugs. He was in a pug long. bowl. Yeah, he had a puggy. Uh, Did he puggy win? Pug bowl. Did they he didn't get a t- have a? There was no competition. Oh. Yeah, it's not like we made the pugs like play football or anything. Oh, that would have been they so just, cute. Um, I went to a punk party and there was like a setup for like a photo op um, where the pug was like next to a football and it said like puppy bowl or something like that, you know, like t- 2023. It was really, really cute. Um, I took a lot of pictures of my baby, but he is sleeping so good because he just ran like crazy today. Yes, he did. Oh, he's a good boy. Yes. Um, well, uh, this has been American Groove, which is a Lost <laughs> in the Groove segment. Uh, like we said earlier, it's hosted by me, Dave Lennon, and... Your other host, Carissa. Uh, so uh, be sure to check out Carissa Andrews, who is a makeup artist, licensed esthetician, and a candle maker and pug lover. You can check her out on Instagram at Carissa the Beautiful. Uh, so also be sure to check out the podcast at Lost in the Groove Pod. You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We have episodes going out weekly. And be sure to leave your likes and subscribe because we need the support, man. We don't do this for free, bruh. Gotta make the money, man. Anyway, we love y'all, you guys and girls and you non-binary people. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.